welcome 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 joining the room coming to the live i know i'm late i apologize i scheduled to come on yesterday at our normal time at seven o'clock p.m eastern standard time however some things came up and i had to take care of something else but it's okay i'm here today and i'm excited for what i know the lord has spoken to me that i'm um that he's going to minister to you guys today um today's episode is called humble hearts reign because we are in our fifth season which is queens in the promised land and so it's all about how do we reign and rule as queens as women of god in the promised land that he has given us how do we govern how do we rule those people that are under us and it's not that you're like you're ruling like a tyrant but you know even if you're not a pastor or a minister or if you don't have some type of position where you have you know a huge platform in a church you know but if your platform is social media if your platform is youtube if you have a podcast if your platform is your community if your platform is your family all of us are called to help to um build disciples create more disciples of man so we are given the mandate the mandate to govern or to rule over a people and so that we are able to bring more to christ that we are able to bring in the harvest in these end times and so how do we do that how do we operate as women of god how do we operate in when we're exalted when we're promoted and so i believe the lord is going to bless us today with this word i'm super excited about it i'm gonna give it a few minutes before we jump into it i see you brock kojo welcome thank you for joining us i don't know if this is your first time but if so welcome 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 i hope that um the word blesses you today i hope the lord speaks to you oh you're welcome I hope the Lord speaks to you expressly, you know, and that he confirms some things to you or maybe he give you some revelation or some wisdom that you can lay hold of. You can take back. Oh, it's your first time. So, oh, that's so exciting. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and just coming in. You know, we are all about community here. We're all about coming together as sisters in Christ. Sometimes our brothers come on and that's okay because we're one body, but when many members, it's all about the body of Christ, right? And so God is always wanting to uplift, edify, and encourage us as his people. And so that is what our gifts are given to us for, right? The the um, It tells us in the word of God in Corinthians, Paul says, that we all have some has been given apostles and some prophets and preachers and teachers you know and some we've been all given different gifts why for the edifying of the body of christ and so we this community is a safe place it's a judgment-free zone we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god but thank god for his mercies that are new every morning amen so it does not matter what you did yesterday if you come with a humble heart and you repent god is just to forgive and today is a new day and so we're all about living out our true work as men and women of God for the glory of God amen and so hi I see another person has joined I'm not sure how to pronounce that but welcome thank you for um, joining us today we are really going to get into it in here in a few moments because the Lord has downloaded something into my spirit and it's just so good because God is always preparing us for what we, we are entering into god wisdom speaks at the interest so god is always going to endow us with the wisdom or the instructions or the insight for the the for whatever you know the assignment or the mission or the calling is on your life he's never going to have you walk into something blindly and so i know because this season he specifically had me titled this season's 
season five, which a the number five is grace and the Hebrew represents grace. So God's grace is sufficient. So whatever he's calling you to or whatever you're about to walk into, whatever your promised land is, right, whatever your assignment is that you're about to um, be promoted into, God's grace is sufficient for you. And so because we are in season five, five meaning grace, but also this is about queens in the promised land and how we are to reign and rule in the promised land because God has a promised land for each and every one of us. It may not be the same. Your promised land may be a marriage. Your promised land may be a business. Your promised land may be a ministry. Your promised land may be, you know, being a leader in your community. Your promised land may be your family. It does not matter, but we're all called to a promised land. There's something that we have a burden in our hearts for. There's a people that are drawn to us there's a people god has given us you know that has that he has assigned to us because he is looking for us to represent him and to lead them to him this is you know like the podcast right that is a part of my assignment this is the platform that the lord blessed me with to speak his word to edify his daughters to restore his daughters and so how do i maintain how do i manage how do you know how do i rule in this capacity and allow god to continue to use me as i submit my gifts and my talents and my time to him amen so that's what today is all about so i just thank you guys so much welcome to the purity after promiscuity podcast where we are redefining a woman's worth I am your host, Janelle Renee, and I'm so excited for all of my um, first-time guests and my new listeners. Hey, girl, hey, and hey, bro, if you know my brothers are on, I thank you guys so much, all the support, um, you know, every time you come on, you support the podcast in any way, whether you stream it, you download it, you comment, you share, it is a blessing, and I thank you guys so much, and I pray that you just have an encounter with the Lord today. It's not about me. I'm just a vessel. I need the Lord. I need Holy Spirit to speak through me to the people of God because you, I don't have nothing good to say, right? There's no good thing in my flesh. So if it's coming from my flesh, y'all don't need to hear it. But I believe the Spirit of the Lord is going to speak like as he normally does. So thank you guys so much for joining us. For all of my loyal listeners, the those that have been rocking with us for a few seasons or since day one, thank you so much. I love you guys with the love of God, and I just ask that you guys continue to support the podcast by sharing, you know, like and sharing. If if a person is listening to the podcast, the replay on a platform where you can um, comment, then please leave a comment, rate it, um, again, share it, because that helps to gain more visibility so the message can get in front of more people, because it's about spreading the gospel. That's our mandate as Christ followers. We're all called to spread the gospel to all men and all nations. And it may just be in different capacities. You don't have to be in a pulpit. But if the Lord has given you a platform, it is unto the glory of God. Amen. So that is one way you guys can definitely support the podcast by um, sharing, rating it, liking it, commenting. I would love to hear from you guys. But we're going to jump in because the spirit of the Lord is really, I could just sense the anointing. I can just sense the presence of um, the Holy Spirit because the Lord has a word that he is wanting to speak to his daughters today. And today's episode is called Humble Hearts Reign. Because as queens in the kingdom, as queens that are reigning and ruling for the glory of God, one thing we have to make sure, because it's, it's one thing where we're in our season of wilderness, when we are in our season of waiting, right? 
and we're constantly at the Lord's feet and we're constantly praying and we're constantly seeking him and we're constantly, you know, just being in a, a posture of humility, right? Because we are, you know, sometimes, you know, in that place of wilderness or that in that valley, sometimes we are broken, you know, sometimes we're afflicted, sometimes we're suffering. So we, we tend to have a more humble heart. We tend to have like a more meek spirit because we are in need. We recognize that we are nothing without God. It tells us in John 15 that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. You come to the realization when you're in a situation and you can't get yourself out and you realize that without Christ, you can't do nothing. So you tend to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God because you're you're in expectation for God to move in your situation because if he doesn't move, then you know nothing is going to be able to happen. And so we tend to have a more humble posture when we're in that place of wilderness and suffering. But I, how many of us know that when you come from that place of wilderness and you come into the promised land, there is it's easy to shift and your heart goes from being humble and to being full of pride. And it's not always a conscious thing. This is how we can see some people. We can see some, like we all probably know of some, some ministries or some pastors and some preachers and teachers or whoever who started off one way. They started off, you know, and they were so on fire and they were so committed and they was just, you know, just they reverenced the things of God and they held on to the precepts and the, and, and the, and the standards of God. But somewhere along the way they begin to veer off is because it's so easy to let pride set in if you're not constantly crucifying your flesh if you're not constantly allowing God to purify your heart if you're not constantly aware and taking inventory of the shifts of you know if you're starting to feel puffed up if you're starting to feel like you know that it was you that done this this is why God continued to remind Israel before they went into the promise saying be careful not to forget the Lord thy God, because that's another way pride come in. When you stop giving God glory, when, when, when you start feeling like it's you, he said, do not, you might say to yourselves in Deuteronomy 8, that it was you that did, that gave yourself wealth, but no, you got to remember it's the Lord who has given you the power to gain wealth. So when you begin to stop glorifying God, when you begin to stop giving him all the glory, like in Malachi, it says, shall a man rob God? And yes, that talking about tithes and offerings but if you robbing god of his glory you're still robbing god and so you don't want to get over in the promised land and begin to reign and rule as a king or queen and then you begin you get puffed up it's easy to do we know that's to be so because the apostle paul because of the anointing on his life because of the gifts because of the the extraordinary way that god used him he had a messenger of satan sent to him and it became it in the form of a thorn in his side and he asked god three times to take it away and god said no my grace is sufficient for you why did god allow the thorn to stay because in him having a thorn he had to continue to depend on god because when you get to a place of elevation, when you get to a place of promotion, when you get that job, when you when your business start taking off, when you become that wife, when you become that husband, when you have them children, when you go from poverty into, you know, into prosperity, you know, when you get that healing in your body, when you begin to receive the thing you've been praying for, it is 
easy for you to forget God because now you don't need him in that same capacity. See, it's one thing to be in that valley where you got to pray and seek God every day. You don't have nothing else to do, but you just at the feet of Jesus. You're just crying out to him day and night. You're praying, you're fasting, you're worshiping, you're laying before him, you're seeking him. But then when you get booked and busy, come on now, because that's a term we all like to say, you know, I'm booked and busy. But see, it's one thing when you become booked and busy, when your business take off, when you have more responsibility, when you do come and be come into leadership of that ministry, it's going to come with more responsibility. People are going to be pulling on you. There's going to be things that you're going to have to do that you didn't have to do before. And it had become easy for God to become you know, put on the back burner because now you're thinking like, well, I'm t I don't have the time and you know, you know, I I got this and I got to go here and I got to go there. And it's like, no, God is wanting us to have humility. He wants us to continue to stay at his feet. And so he gave me uh, Isaiah 66 and two, and I'm going to read it in, I have the home and Christian, um, the home and Christian standard Bible. And it says, my hand made all these things, and so they all came into being. This is the Lord's declaration. I will look favorably on this kind of, per of person, one who is humble, submissive in spirit, and trembles at my word. And so, see, we see here to receive the favor of God, he's given us the keys. To receive the favor of God, he said, I will look favorably on this kind of person, one who is humble submissive in spirit and trembles at my word so it's also easy to to not fear god and what does fear mean it's a reverence it ain't fear because i'm scared fear, it's a reverence it's an honor you know the bible tells us in proverbs that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the lord sometimes when you are not needing god in the same way or you think you don't need god because he has answered your prayer or because you're not in that low place no more now you don't really fear god or you see how people you know they don't handle the things of god with you know with reverence or with honor they don't handle the things of God that are sacred, right? You know, with, with, with a heart of humility. They don't handle God's people, you know, with a heart of humility. You can't even get elevated and begin to reign and rule over people and start mishandling God's people. We see that is what caused Moses not to even enter the promised land. Not only did he disobey, he disobeyed because he was so frustrated with God's people that he hit that rock when he wasn't supposed to. So you got to even maintain humble or humility when you do get that um that 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 position of leadership and you're ruling over a people you know you can't never think you're above you can't never think people are beneath you because we are all one body we have it's one faith it's one spirit it's one baptism god just uses leaders who by the way are judged a little more harshly right who judge a little more harshly when you're a leader, but he's looking for you to demonstrate his heart. He's looking for you to demonstrate his spirit. Okay, Evans. Um, 
He's looking for you to represent him to the people. So you can't begin to mishandle God's people because now you're you're the leader. You can't begin to mishandle God's people because now you're the pastor, because you're the minister, you're the first lady, you're the prophet of the house. You can't begin to mishandle God's people. Oh, because now you're you 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 have a business and you can employ people, but you're nasty and you're mean. Because when you begin to study out the people in the Bible, when you look at Ruth, the reason why Ruth was elevated because she was humble she was submissive she was a woman of noble character she was a she was a woman who was faithful she was gracious you know she was able to to humble herself and to go glean in the field which meant that she picked up the scraps that the harvesters dropped just to sustain herself and her mother-in-law that technically she had no obligation to she humbled herself and she did what her what, what Naomi told her to do so she was submitted under naomi's authority you can never think you're too high to submit under authority and you can never think that spirit of jezebel is working ministry of god yes we know that the enemy is always going to try to come in some way he's always going to if anyone is open and that's the reason why maintaining a humble heart will help you not to have open doors because none of us are exempt any one of us can get puffed up any one of us can sin any one of us can do can can create an open door for any type of way the enemy will come in because he desires to kill steal and destroy this is why the lord is speaking to us now and telling us how do we reign and rule in our place even in our low place but especially in our place when he exalts us when he promotes us absolutely Absolutely. It's not just a woman. The Jezebel spirit, that spirit of manipulation, that spirit of control, right? That spirit of seduction. It does not just, it does not just operate in women. It's in men too. But in order for that spirit to have a place, because when, when the, when Satan came to Jesus, he said, he find no place in me. When you remain humble unto the Lord, even though you might be ruling like Esther, you might be queen, right? You might be exalted. See, Esther didn't even seek the position. She was minding her own business, but see, the position saw her. Why? Because she was already a woman of obedience. She was already a submitted woman. She was already humble. And even though she didn't seek the position the position was created for her because she had the character and the virtues to reign and rule god could trust her and see the question becomes yes you know god can trust you in your low place because you don't have much to manage but can god trust you in your high place when you managing uh, when you're managing you know multitudes when you're managing millions when you're managing a family when you're managing children can god trust you then when he begins to exalt you are you still going to stay close to the lord are you still going to allow him to crucify your flesh are you still going to allow the lord to shape and mold you and even if he has to put a thorn in your side like paul are you going to continue to cleave to god even though you might be doing great exploits even though you he might use you in extraordinary ways even though you may be able to perform all miracles you might be laying hands on the sick and they recover you might be calling on to the dead and they be resurrected you might can do creative miracles he might use you in that capacity but can he trust you to stay humble 
Can he trust you to stay humble? Can he trust you that even if you see, if you think you're veering off to the left or the right, that you come back to him like David? Even when David sinned, David became king. Why? Because he was a man after God's own heart. He became king, but even in his kingship, even in his tenure, he, did, he didn't do it perfectly. He sinned. We know. He looked upon Bathsheba with lust, and next thing you know, he entered into her, and they committed adultery. But when Nathan came, come on, are you humble enough that when God sends his servants to bring correction, because that is the job of the prophet. The job of the prophet is to bring correction. It's supposed to bring direction. You're supposed to give a warning, give the word of the Lord, get the people back on the right path if they came off, right? So when Nathan came to David, even though David was ruling the people, he was in a position where he was reigning and ruling. He still was able to humble himself and receive the correction and get back to the feet of God. You have to be willing, even if you make a mistake, even if you fall short and you sin against the father, you have to be humble enough to let somebody be able to speak into your life. Don't think because he positions you as queen that you can't still have counsel. Esther had Mordecai. Esther became queen, but she never looked down at Mordecai. She never looked at Mordecai as less than or felt like, well, I'm queen now, so you can't tell me what to do. I can't take wisdom. I can't take counsel from you anymore because I'm not just that little orphan girl because now I'm in this place and position as queen and I'm, uh, I'm sitting along the right side of the king. No, she understood that she still had to maintain that honor for that same counsel that was counseling her before she became queen. So she allowed Mordecai to speak into her life and she was able to make the choice to say, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to rise up for the people of God. Well, because yes, I may be afraid. Yes, I, I, I know that I may, something may happen to my life because I'm defying the, 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 uh, the orders. You know, I'm not supposed to go into the presence of the king, but before I make a decision, let me seek God first. See, that's what humility would do. Yes, you might be in a position where you got to make a decision. You may have to go against the grain. You may have to do something that could potentially, you know, put your life at risk for the people, for God's people or for the Lord. But are you humble enough to say, let me seek God first, just because you get into that place of being exalted, just because you're promoted, just because you are the one in the position does not mean that you don't have to seek God first. Yes, you can be the CEO. You can be the president, the founder, the vice president. You can, you know, have all kind of inventions and creativity. You know, you can cure cancer. But are you going to seek God first? Are you going to make sure that you get the wisdom of God before you make a decision? That's what being humble, having a humble heart as you're ruling and reigning in your place of promise over the kingdom, over the nation over the people that God has entrusted into you because it's so easy to do. It is so easy to get into these places and of these uh, being in these positions and being in these high places and then pride steps in. Now all of a sudden you're looking down on people. Now all of a sudden you unreachable. Now all of a sudden you know you 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 on high and mighty and you know you you on another level and everybody else is lower than no God don't want anyone to rule like that because we are 
all God's children. God loves us all. He is no respecters of person. He wants you to remain humble enough to realize that it's God that placed you in this position. And just like God raises up kings, he tears them down also. And so and when you don't remain humble, that's when we see the kings being getting to be torn down. That's why Saul had to be torn down. Saul lost the kingdom because of his pride, because he was he refused to truly surrender completely to the Lord. He refused to obey the, the instruction of the Lord through the prophet Samuel. And that cost him his kingship. And let's be clear, and I want somebody to hear this. Don't assume because a person is still in a position that God's hand is still with them. That is not so. Sometimes God is just preparing the next person. We know that to be true because Saul was anointed king. He was the people's choice, and God allowed him to step in that position. But within his first five years, his the kingdom was torn from him because of his pride, because of his disobedience and his rebellion. And But he still served in as king for another 37 years not because god could not take him out of position but because god allowed him because god is so merciful god is so compassionate he wants to give us an opportunity to repent even King Ahab, come on somebody, as wicked as him and Jezebel was, even King Ahab, God even gave him an opportunity to repent. Even when he was about to destroy Ahab, and Ahab rent his, he tore his clothes and he went into a time of repentance before the Lord. And the Lord held back his anger. Now we know that the Lord ended up having to fulfill, you know, the, the word that was spoken concerning Ahab because Ahab returned to his wickedness. But God is so merciful that he'll allow a person to stay in position in hopes that they're going to come to him in hopes that they'll repent and he doesn't have to release the judgment on their life but when they have a hard heart and they're full of pride and they do not humble themselves under the mighty hand of god that's when you see stuff like kings being torn down that's when you see stuff like people's ministries falling apart that's when you see stuff like exposure and people getting exposed that's when you see stuff like scandals and like all of this stuff that it come out and in the era of social media you certainly should not be doing anything that you ain't got no business because it is too easy for somebody to to catch wind to video record it to take a picture to keep a copy to intercept and and to expose you so you should have a conviction and integrity simply because you are a child of god and we're called to be ye separate we are called not to be in the world we're not we're in the world but not of the world so we already should be distinguished. We should already have another level of integrity. But my God, if that ain't enough, then at least you should think about the era that we're in with technology the way that it is. You should know that any little thing you do is going to come out because God in the Bible says what happens in the dark comes to the light. It's so easy for things to be exposed. But that's why you see that stuff because God probably was speaking to them, giving them dreams, giving them visions, sending people in their life like he did David to try to give them that some correction and they didn't receive it and then now we see that we see the result so Saul ended up losing the kingdom in five years but he stayed ruler and until David was ready to take over his position sometimes God is preparing the next predecessor sometimes even Joshua Joshua he stayed and was a mint mentee under under Moses for 40 years or so it took that much time for him to be cultivated and prepared to be the next ruler and leader of Israel. He had to be 
shaped and molded. He had to be processed. And see, sometimes we think people are in positions because God's hand is still with them and it's not so. Because your gifts and cause is without repentance. So you can still be gifted all you want. You can still prophesy all you want. You can still give a word all you want. You can still pray the house down all you want. But that doesn't mean that the hand of God is with you. That just means that you're flowing in your gift because your gift is without repentance. Meaning you don't have to repent to use your gift. You can use your gift, but that don't mean you have power. Come on, somebody. And what God wants from his daughters is in in this hour as we're transitioning into our spaces and places and into our next into our new levels and going from faith to faith and glory to glory as we're entering into our promised land, as we're in the land of answered prayer. God is wanting to make sure that we have the right heart so that when we get into this space that we don't get puffed up because pride cometh before the fall and a heart spirit before destruction it is so easy to for it to happen little by little it's not always a overnight thing it's always little things here and there and when the when the foxes go it's only the little foxes that can spoil the vine so when those little foxes go unchecked when you're not really seeking god when you're not really praying like you used to when you're not going entering into the presence when you're not willing to shut everything down so you can go into the presence of god when you are allowing yourself to be swayed and influenced because of money or because who a person is or because status or because you know influence or whatever the case may be and you're you're coming away from god your heart is being taken away from the lord and when you don't check that in the onset then that's how pride begins to come in then the enemy begins to sow those seeds of pride and next thing you know you look up it's been months since you didn't sought god it's been months since you didn't really pray maybe you do your little fly by night in the car five minute prayers but really lay before the lord really tarry really interceded really you know you just laid in the posture before the Lord just prostrate and not had to ask him for nothing just say Lord I love you and I don't need nothing from you Lord I just want to spend time with you Lord I just want to enter into your presence I just want to come to you and, and pour out my adoration I just want to praise you because you're worthy because you're good and you're sovereign and because you are you are high most high God you don't need none for him you're not coming to him for things you're not coming to him because you're in need you're just saying Lord I just love you so much i just want to enter into your presence and commune with you can i enter into the king's presence can i come into the secret place and can i commune with you can i eat at your table lord when you begin to seek god just for who he is but see it's something about when you get to the place of abundance and prosperity that you can feel like i don't need god in that place no in that same capacity so maybe I don't have to pray as hard as I used to. Maybe I don't have to read the word as much as I used to. Maybe I don't because now you think that you didn't arrive. But no, we constantly got to seek God. Like the more you're elevated, the you your elevation of seeking God should elevate. You your seek of God need to elevate because you need the wisdom of God how to maintain Solomon when God came to him and said what can I do for you with him being young and he became ruler over this good greater people what is the thing Solomon asked for he said I need wisdom. 
He said, I need the wisdom of God to lead these, your greater people. And God was so pleased with Solomon that he gave Solomon everything he didn't ask for. He gave him riches. He gave him wealth. He gave him wisdom. There's never been nobody as wise as Solomon. Nobody as wealthy as Solomon. He was so wealthy. He was so renowned. He was so, you know, wise. He just had, he was just beyond his time because he didn't seek God for, for, you know, his enemies to be destroyed or for him to get great wealth or riches. He said, Lord, I understand as a king over your great people that what I need the most because I'm inexperienced. Come on now, because if you coming from a place where you've never been in a level of leadership, you've never been in a level of influence, you've never been in a level of being of reigning and ruling or being in the place of your promises and your answer and your prayers being answered you don't know how to maintain that you don't know what to do because you've never been there solomon had enough awareness to say you know i'm 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 an experience i'm a youth and so what i need in order for me to be effective as king i need wisdom I need the wisdom of God. We have to know as queens in our promised land, in order for us to be effective, we have to seek the wisdom of God. Esther is a great example. Seeking the wisdom of God will get you favor. Just like he said here in Isaiah 66 and 2. I will look favorably on this kind of person, one who is humble, submissive in spirit and trembles at my word because she was humble and she was submissive in spirit and she trembled at his word. She sought him for his word Then she received favor where anybody else might have got their head taken off because they entered into the king's presence without being summoned. She received favor. But when you when you read the story of Esther, she had favor from the very beginning. Why did she have favor from the very beginning? Because in her in her low place, she knew how to be humble. In her low place, she knew how to be submissive. In her low place, she knew how to, to be obedient. In her low place, she knew how to, you know, honor the authority that was given over her. So she had favor everywhere she went. You can't read the first two or three chapters of Esther without seeing over and over again and she had favor and she won favor and she had favor and she had favor and God wants to give us that same favor because he's no respecter of persons but we have to make sure we have the right heart we have the right um, character that we have the right motives so God can entrust us and he is able to use us and he doesn't have to worry about our hearts being full of pride and puffed up and haughty that we'll continue to seek him that we'll continue to reverence him that we'll continue to to to, to stay in a place of just going low before him realizing that we are nothing without him it don't matter how hard how high you go without christ we are nothing we can do nothing he is the true vine we are the branches the the and the father he is the vine dresser and the branches that don't produce fruit he cut them off that's why we can see people get out of position. We can see people get cut off because they're not producing fruit. But those that produce fruit, he proves them that they will produce even more fruit. That's what he wants us to do in our new in our in, in our next level, in our promised land. He wants us to be fruitful. 
He wants to put favor on us so that everywhere we go, we got favor with God and man, right? Because everywhere we go, people will look at us and they will see there's something different about her. There's something different about him. And it's because that we are so connected and anchored to our God and that we walk out our godly virtues and attributes. And the more we stay in his presence and seek him, we begin to look more and more like him. We begin to be transfigured like Jesus was transfigured on the mount and we begin to be transfigured to look more and more like Christ the more we allow God to shape and mold us as the potter and we're the clay the more we enter in his presence and we stay in a place of worship and prayer and we stay in and we stay in a place of praise and we can begin to look more and more like him so people will be drawn unto us and they want to know what is it about you what is it about her what is it about him i want to know the god you serve even people who are in leadership and they are not saved and they are not men or women of god we see that with nebuchadnezzar we see that with um king uh, darius where it in in daniel's time and in shadrach meshach and abednego's time this pagan babylonian king had to say when daniel got thrown in that lion's den and he was falsely accused and he did not do nothing and he and they just because he had so much favor see because sometimes favor will create envy and jealousy but that's okay because you got favor with god and he's going to protect you and so because he was distinguished because he held on to the standards of god he maintained the ways of god even though he was taken out of jerusalem he was taken out of out of uh, israel and put into this babylonian uh nation and he had to conform to some of their practices he held on to the practices that he that was instilled in him as a jew as of christ follower as one who is a, a a follower of yahweh and because he held on to his integrity, he did what was right, and he was exceptional at what he did, and he and he maintained his prayer life no matter what. He prayed to he prayed and he looked out the window toward Jerusalem, and he prayed three times a day. So you cannot let up on the standard. If you've been praying three times a day while you in your low place, baby, you need to pray at least three times a day in your high place, maybe four. But he did not let up. And because he did not let up on the standards of God, he held to his diet. He wouldn't eat anything that uh, the king's meat and the other things he was offered. He wouldn't deviate from the their lifestyle, you know, of how they were commanded to eat and what they were commanded not to eat. He would not allow himself to be indoctrinated with the culture of Babylon. And because he held on to that standard, he, he, was, he was distinguished from everybody else. And he even had favor with the king. The king liked him. He was, and then he, he began to be promoted and and because of this the other people of uh, the other governors and the other people got jealous and they decided they wanted to set him up and they decided to get swindle the king to make a, a law an edict that you could not pray to any other god but what happened daniel understood that my god is the god of israel and no matter what I'm going to continue to serve my God in the same way I've been serving him. And I'm not going to deviate from my system because I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. So he continued to go in and pray. And what did they do? They knew that he was so committed to his God that they was going to be able to catch him in the act of praying. And they caught him in the act of praying and they took it to the king. And because the king made the law and the law of Persia, the law of media, once it's done and signed with the 
king's signet ring, it cannot be undone. So he had to put Daniel in the lion's den. And it even tells us that the king, he was grieved. He was grieved because he liked Daniel, because he knew it was something different about Daniel. Even though Daniel was from a different, he was a foreigner, even though Daniel wasn't like him and wasn't, you know, and didn't really do things like him and worship like him, he still knew it was something different about Daniel. So he was grieved. He couldn't eat. He couldn't sleep. He was so grieved when he had to put Daniel in the lion's den. But Daniel get puts in the lion's den. And next thing you know, the king rises up early the next morning. He can't, he don't do nothing. He don't eat. He don't drink. He goes straight to the lion's den because he wants to see, is Daniel still alive? So that lets us know right there. Some seeds were planted for the king to even think in his mind that some kind of way this man would still be alive after he was thrown into a lion's den and a and a and a stone was put over so he couldn't come out because that's illogical for a person to be thrown in a lion's den left overnight and them still be alive so something in the king there was some that's why it's so important how you reign and rule it's so important how you live your life it's so important to keep the standards of god because you never know what seeds are getting sown. So there was something in the king that made him believe that is it possible that that Daniel could still be alive the next day. And so he goes and he figures out, yes, Daniel was alive. And Daniel say, my God protected me because I'm innocent. I have not sinned against you or my God. And again, you know the story. And if you don't, please go read it. But again, it what did the king say when it was all said and done he said the there is on the only god is the god of israel he is the only god so it is so important that even god may position you to be second in command like he did joseph he might he might you know position you to be in a place of government a place of influence within government he might put you next to someone who is first in command and put you second in command are you able to hold on to the principles of God are you able to hold on to the standard of God are you able to keep your your integrity are you able to continue to walk upright are you able to hold on to the ways of the Lord even though everybody else around you may be of the world maybe everybody else around you is doing stuff one way maybe everybody else around you is living life however they want to live it. Maybe they're all sinning. Maybe they're all doing all kind of manners of evil and wickedness. But are you able to be the light? Can God trust you to be the light when he puts you in a place of government when he seats you in a place of government because god knows that see it's in government it's in the position of power and authority where true change comes and so in order for the nation to be impacted god has to reach the one who's over the nation because it jesus told uh pilate that it is the lord god who has given you know any authority that comes in this earth came from heaven and even if that it means it's a person who is not worshiping or not a believer god still allowed them in that position and what will he do he will raise up you he will raise up me he will raise up those other believers to get next to these people in order for us to influence them for the kingdom of heaven so it's so important there's no sound can you hear me now let me know can you hear me Huh. Oh, it's okay now. Perfect. I'm sorry. So this is why as you're reigning and ruling, you don't, it doesn't mean that you still won't go through something. 
it doesn't mean see esther was even put to the test right in her in her being able to be queen in her in her position in her seat she still was faced with a challenge she still had to make a decision am i willing to lay my life down for the people because God don't raise nobody up for themselves. He don't position people for themselves. God does not give people wealth. He doesn't give you influence. He doesn't give you a platform. He doesn't give you all of these great things for you. It's always for a people. And so can God trust you to come and to lay your life down for the people? Even if that means you have to be persecuted. Even that, even if that means, you know, you have to be the one to go into the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Hebrew boys, that's a famous story we all know. But could you really imagine? Could you imagine being before the king and telling the king to his face, listen, we not bowing to you. Our God going to rescue us. And even if he don't, we not bowing to you. Do you have that kind of faith? Because that sounds good because we're reading it. We're reading it after the fact in hindsight, but they were living it. Can we tell someone if someone has a gun to your head and say, if you don't take this mark, we're going to blow your head off. Can you say, I'm not I'm not taking this mark and my God can rescue me. But even if he doesn't, I'm still not taking that mark. It sounds good. But do you have that kind of faith? If you get thrown into the fire, because guess what? As a leader, you will be thrown into the fire. As a leader, you will be persecuted. As a leader, you will be stepped on, lied on. You will be talked about, ridiculed because people are humans and because the enemy will use people to try to tear you down, to try to get you to shrink back, to try to get you to let up, to relent because he wants to stop you from entering to the place that God has for you. Because if you get in position, if you ever discover who you are, if you ever discover the authority that you have, see, now you become a threat to him. So he will use people. And sometimes it's the people of God. Sometimes it's your own family. He will use these people to try to get you to get off of course, to try to get you to give up, to get you to doubt, to get you to say, I'm throwing in the towel because he doesn't want you to reign and rule and to take territory for the kingdom. He doesn't want you to go and create more disciples of men. He don't want you to go and heal an entire nation. He doesn't want you to go and spread the love of Jesus Christ and then people get saved. He doesn't want that. So as a leader, you got to understand Jesus said it best trials and tribulations. We're going to have that We because they hated him first. They're going hate us he was persecuted we shall be persecuted that's why he told the disciples when they said can they sit at his right hand when he go back to his place of sitting at the right hand of the father can they sit on his right hand or his left and he said can you drink of the same cup can you drink of this cup of suffering because you got to know at leaders are built God don't just place no any old person. David was built. It took 17 years or so from the time he was anointed to the time he took his seat as king. He had to be built. He had to be cultivated. He had to be, the Lord had to process David out of him. Not to say that David was perfect. We know he wasn't. He was human. Just like we're not going to be perfect. But there was a certain attribute about David that he still is known after the man after God's own heart. Even with his mis mishap and judgment even with him making bad decisions even with him sinning even with him murdering Uriah even with him committing adultery he still God still looked at David and said but he's a man after my own heart 
a humble heart reigns because it's a it's a heart that's after God's heart. You begin to love what God loves. As you are, especially as you are positioned as a leader over people, you love God's people like he loved them. You have compassion over God's people. You are able to look upon God's people and you can pray for them. You can intercede for them. You're moved to do something when you see someone going through, when you see an issue or a problem, when you see the people in oppression, you are moved with compassion and you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, what can I do? What do you want me to do in this? Give me a strategy. Give me wisdom to help these your people, to bring your people out of this darkness. That is what God is looking for when you begin to be exalted and you're reigning and ruling. It's less about you. It's more about the people. God wants his people saved. He said that he will that none shall perish and all come to repentance. God wants the prodigal. He wants the sinner. Jesus came and he sat and ate with the sinners because it is those that are sick that need a doctor. So God wants us to go into these dark spaces. We can't be so full of judgment. We can't be so full of pride. We can't be so haughty. We can't be so holier than thou that we don't, we think it's, uh, we think it's beneath us to go and grab the people that are behind us. That is not a good king or queen. A good king or queen is ready to go get the people. They're ready to go walk alongside the people. They're ready to go in those dark places and spaces. They're ready to go into the into the worst communities, into the place and, and get the gang banger and get the woman that may not know that her body is a temple and she may, you know, have got some hurt and some pain. And so she's out here, you know, using sex to try to fill a void. They, he wants you to go get that person, that person who is addicted because they trying to self-medicate because they don't know the God we serve and he's a healer. He wants you to go get those people that are in darkness, that are in bondage because he wants them to be saved. He didn't save you so you can just walk around with your head held high and feel like you didn't arrive. He wants you then to go back and get the others. So when you have a humble heart, you recognize it's more about God's people then it is just you. He will use you as the vessel. He will use you to touch the nations. He will take you all around this world. You will be great. He will make your name great like he did Abraham if he can trust that your heart is remaining humble before him. If he can trust you, if he can trust that you will not, your heart will not be taken from him that he'll give you those millions so you can end hunger so you can end you know uh whatever the issue is in your country you know whatever the thing that's plaguing the people where you live he will give you the resources he'll give you the access he'll give you the the promotion he'll give you the 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 uh whatever it is you need to to be the solution if he can trust you he will do that for you if you're not gonna get so caught up in the material things he will put you in in rooms with kings and queens and dignitaries and presidents and people who make decisions if he can trust that you're not gonna get into those places and lose yourself if you're not gonna get drunk on other somebody's celebrity or who they are if you will still be able to come and bring truth and righteousness if you're still able to stand for the things of God even before these people who have great authority if if you're if, if you're able to still you know maintain your your level of understanding that you are not beneath anybody you are a king and a priest in the kingdom he's a king of kings and a lord of lords if you're able to see these as humans they're just human people and they have a position and and and, and they still need Christ they still need Christ 
They still need to hear the gospel. They still need to be saved. They still need to be filled with Holy Spirit. Can he send you into these rooms? Can he do that? Can he trust you? Can he trust that your heart will not be, you know, so full, you know, taken aback and you're so, you know, drunk and intoxicated with somebody's celebrity and status that you can't even muster up, you know, a scripture that you can't even give God the glory. Now you're changing up. You don't even want to pray. You don't even want to say Jesus. You know, you now you conform it because you're afraid to offend somebody. Listen, the gospel is offensive because he's, Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. So the gospel is going to be offensive to those that are that consider it foolish because they don't know. And so you still got to be able to speak it with boldness, no matter who a person is, no matter what position they have. And see, when God knows that he can trust you, it ain't nowhere he won't send you. He will send you to the nations. He will send you all around this world. If you are able to continue to give him the glory, if you're able to stay in position that you don't deviate from the system you don't leave deviate from prayer if you're able to remain humble there is nothing god won't do for you there is nothing he won't do for you and as men and women of god god wants us to have all the things that he's already spoken over our lives everything that god said about you he wants to do it every prophetic word that he released he wants to do it. Don't think for one second God is in heaven just saying, oh, no, no, I don't want that person to receive their promises. I don't want them to receive their answer to prayer. He's delight in giving good gifts to his children. He gives every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes from the father of lights. He desires to see us prosper, to be in health as our soul prospers. He desires that. He's glorified when we are down here and we are prospering and we're in an abundance and we have joy and we have peace peace because it's going to bring others to Christ if we give him the glory because they're going to look at us and say well how are you so how you got so much joy with everything that's going on in the world how do you got peace how do you got joy and that's a door for you to be able to say oh because of the God I serve because he gives me peace that surpasses all understand and now you can minister to someone and you can possibly lead them to Christ because of your life and so when you're reigning and ruling in your promised land the way you live your life is going to be a light especially the higher that you are people are eyes are on you people are watching you people are watching you right now whether you know it or not you might think oh I'm just so and so oh I don't have no special title oh I don't have no position baby you got a title because you are a disciple of Jesus Christ that's the only title you need you have a title you are a Christ follower you are blood bought you a child of the most high God oh you have a title and please believe people are watching you even when you don't know it so when people if someone had to give an account of your life of what they see do they see Christ do they see Christ are you able to turn the other cheek are you able to pray for your enemies are you able to pray for those that despitefully use you? Are you able to hold back and, and operate in self-control when everything in you wants to just go and just to, to, to just cut somebody back out and to just disrespect somebody after they disrespected you? Do people see Christ when they see you? If the only Bible that they saw was your life, would they see Jesus? Because some people that are looking at you, they're not reading the Bible. They don't know our God. They're not going to church, but they're looking at you. What do they see? 
I don't want to be known as nothing else. I don't care about a platform. I don't care about a million followers. I don't care if it ain't, if you see me and you don't see Christ, you need to get off this, this podcast. You need to not get back on. Don't listen to me. Don't follow me because you follow me as I follow Christ. If it's not Christ, then it's nothing. It's foolishness. It's futility. And it, it you don't be blind following the blind. If it's not Christ, you don't need it. Don't follow nobody because of a platform and how many followers they got don't follow nobody because they got this huge international ministry you don't know what people do you got people that operate in witchcraft you got people that lie and 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 cheat and steal you got people that you know make deals with the devil for 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 fame and success you got people on social media that buy followers you got all this stuff that's why you got to have discernment this is why you got to be seeking god so you know who to connect to because it looks one way on the outside but is it god is it God? Can when people let me tell you something. Yesterday I got called holier than thou, and guess what? I wasn't offended. You know what? Because if that's the only thing that you can say about me, then to God be the glory. Because if you can't say that I'm a type of person and I'm mean and I'm evil and I'm a liar and I'm a cheat, and you can't say all these things about me, if the worst thing you can say about me is, oh, now I'm holier than thou, then I'm doing my job. And is it easy? No. Do you know how many times I've been disrespected, called out my name, cussed out, thrown out, all kinds of by my own family members, by people, and I've done nothing. I didn't do nothing to these people. I try to live like Christ before these people. I try to do the everything I can do to walk out the word of God, and I still get treated. I still get treated like um like cat like like a castaway. I still get torn down. I still get lied on. I still got people coming after me. I still got people trying to do witchcraft and trying to come against me. I did. That's what a leader deal with. Believe it or not. And guess what? I still got to pray for those people. I still do. I still got to show the love of Jesus Christ. I don't get, I don't get a chance. You don't get a chance to come off your throne. Once, once you in Christ, you don't get no off day. You don't get no opportunity to say, no, I'm going to put my salvation to the side and I'm going to let you have it. No, you got to always be walking in this thing. And that's what a leader does. Yes, you're going to experience these things, but can God trust you to still handle these people with love? To not say things that you know that you shouldn't say because because it's going to tear them down and not build them up, even though they're trying to tear you down. Can you, can God trust you to still love people, to still pray for people? Even Job had to pray for his friends after the devil was a liar. Let me tell you something, um, Bra Kojo. David said, even when my mother and my father forsake me, Lord, you're there. And that is something I just was praying to the Lord last night because I go through things even with my parents where I feel forsaken. I feel left out. I mean, they don't. I've had my own parents say horrible things to me and I've gone through so many things with my parents and family. But let me tell you something. If you don't got nobody but God, you got all you need. OK, if you if God before you, who can be against you and do it hurt? Absolutely. Is it unfair? 
absolutely and god will come and he will vindicate you god will he will redeem you god will bring other people he will bring people from the church or spiritual your spiritual family to come and maybe fill some of those places where your family members should be until they come to christ because we have to know especially if they're not in christ and even those that are that don't mean that they still don't have something in them that's an open door so the enemy can use them that don't mean that so we got to understand that they're still flesh and blood but even if even if you don't have nobody but God you have all you need because God is a strong tower he is a safety he's a refuge the righteous run to him and find safety if that's all you if all you got is Jesus baby you the you are the majority okay you are that's how david could tell goliath who do you think you are you uncircumcised philistine challenging the armies of the living god let me tell you they can come against you all you want but if you are in christ the enemy wants you to be tired and giving up i i listen 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 see now you really gonna have me preach let me tell you because I'm going through a very, very, very similar situation. So what I'm about to say is not something that's just a super spiritual, you know, something to say. I'm telling you from experience because I'm dealing with the same thing. I just cried to the Lord all night. Literally, I barely slept because I was crying because I'm like, Lord, where are you? I'm like, Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I've been worn for too long. Lord, I didn't been people been just doing me wrong, doing me dirty. People been just treating me like trash, just kicking me and my children out. Me and my children don't have nowhere to stay right now. We basically are homeless. We're temporarily staying with a family member. And that family member has vocalized that they don't want us there. They really uncomfortable. They hate that we there and you know just complaining and making us feel so unwanted i i done been kicked out by my own siblings i done been cast away mistreated talked about cussed out all kind of stuff and i'm like listen here i don't have a job either i ain't got no job well i and i have a business but you know for for whatever reason i ain't been able to get it off the ground where i needed to be i ain't had no money either the lord for he just send people a lot of the time and they supernaturally bless me like i just said i don't have a place to stay either so you're not alone this is sometimes these are the things that god allows because these be he don't cause it but sometimes this is just the process that god will use to build you up to train you up to get your faith up to get you to depend on him to get you to know him as your source he might be training you to be a leader so he might be training you you know to be to like manna like he had to you know cultivate the children of israel to know him as their source by giving them manna and he gave it to them daily they wasn't allowed to store it up for the next day they had to get fresh manna every day that's why the bible it tells us give us this day our daily bread god has sustained me it don't, he don't always come when I want him to, but believe you me, there is me, I have children. There's a many of things I need. It's not just me. So you got to understand I'm in that same position and I have other mouths to feed. I got other mouths to take care of. So I'm like, Lord, where are you? I'm doing everything to serve you. I'm still being faithful. I'm still going. I'm still trusting. I'm still ministering. I'm still believing. I'm still faithing. I'm still 
loving on people. I'm still giving. I'm just doing everything. And I'm like, Lord, where are you? Why do I feel forsaken when the word of God says that the David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor see begging bread. But what does that really mean? And, and even though we don't have these things that we think we need and God knows what we need, because the Bible says he knows what we need before we ask. The fact that you're able to get on here, the fact that you still have breath in your body, the, the fact that you still have health in your body, the fact that you are able to still worship and praise God, the fact that you're not in the grave says to me that there is still hope. Because in Christ, he is our hope. He's the hope of glory. And the enemy wants us to focus because, again, he does it to me. I'm telling you from experience. He wants us to get so focused on everything we don't got. He wants us to get so focused on all of these people that's doing us wrong. He wants to get us so focused on our family that's, that's, you know, mistreating us and, and that's coming against us. He wants to get us so focused on all these negative things that we are not able to see all that God is doing. And God sometimes is working behind the scenes and he's doing a work internally in us. And so we don't see it all the time, but he wants to get us so focused on everything but God. This is why the Bible tells us that we have to keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. And that don't mean we're not going through a situation. And it doesn't mean your situation isn't real. It doesn't mean that your situation isn't hard. It doesn't mean that your situation don't hurt. God understands it is. Trust me, it is for me. As many a times I want to throw in the towel. It's many a times I don't want to do this no more. It's many a times I want to give up. It's many a times that I say I'm giving up. It's many, but there's something in me that rises up anyway. And it tells me that I can't abandon the assignment because there's a people that are needing to hear what God has to say. There's a people that I need to reach. There's a people that I need to show that God is still faithful even when you don't have nothing, even when you don't have a roof even when you don't have money even when you don't have a job that God still finds a he still commands the ravens to come and feed you I still gotta testify to the goodness of God even though he ain't doing what I want him to do in the moment that I want him to do it he is still faithful it is many a times that I just go into church and people walk up to me and hand me money or ask me for my or ask me for my cash app or somebody blessed me randomly in June and said the Lord told them to give me a thousand dollars and they gave me a thousand dollars and I really don't even know them there is so many times that the Lord has people say the Lord told me to do this and I got to be obedient the Lord told me to give you this and I got to be obedient is it exactly what I desire no is it exactly what I think I need no but it still is what I need in the moment it's still able to help me it's still able to bless my family it still was able to help me to pay my car note it was still able to help me you know us to stay in the hotel because we had nowhere to go it was still able to help give me us to give us get us food it was still able to help me to have gas in my car no I don't have all the luxuries that I'm used to no I don't um, have the opportunity to go shopping like I used to and do things for my children or hang out with my kids it breaks my heart I am a mother and I love my children. It breaks my heart that I cannot 
do for my children and I can't take their care of them like I'm used to. It breaks my heart that I got to see my children laying on the floor, sleeping on the floor. It breaks my heart that I can't give my kids money and just to, for the simple things or we can't go and hang out and go to the movies because I'm just in this space. I'm in this transition space where I don't have everything I'm used to having. I'm used to having all kind of money in my bank account. I'm used to not worrying about money. I'm used to having a roof over my head. I'm used to, you know, not even having to think about how to pay my bills i'm used to all that but now i'm in a season where god stripped all that from me now who am i who am i when i don't have all those things is god still god is he still faithful is he still a provider is he still loving who am i when i don't have none of that do i still worship him do I still be faithful? Do I still get up here and show up on this podcast? Do I still get on YouTube and do my vid- my videos? Do I still got to operate in my ministry? Do I still got to serve at church? Do I still got to serve my family? Do I still got to do all these things even though I don't have the things that I'm used to having? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Do I still got to minister to the people on the street who are in a worse situation than me? Because maybe I don't have a home yet and I don't have we don't have a place to stay right now either. But there are people sleeping on the streets. There are people sleeping under bridges. Can I still minister to them? Do I am I able to still show compassion to people? Am I able to still shut shed the share the gospel with people, even though that I'm not where I want to be, even though that I feel like I'm forsaken, even though I feel forgotten, even though that I feel like the Lord just has overlooked me and I'm crying out to him day and night and my situation ain't changed am I able to still rise up and say Lord I give you praise bless the Lord all my oh my soul and all that is within me praise his holy name and mean it am I able Am I able to still read the word am I able to still see God and lay at his feet am I able so you're not alone. I'm in the situation too. Yes, I get on here and it's good and it's fire. It ain't me. It's the Holy Spirit in me. Why? Because I allow him to break me and crush me. And so what happens when you crush the oil begin to flow? Do it feel good? No. Do I beg God every day to take me out to this situation? To take me and my kids out of this situation? Do I beg him every day? Absolutely. Do I ask God, why do he keep allowing me to be, for, to be afflicted? Why do he keep allowing me to suffer? Why do he keep allowing me to be disrespected why the bible said i will not be put to shame or disgrace but why do i feel like the lord keep allowing people to come against me and to mistreat me and to talk down to me and to kick me while i'm down do why but i still rise up and something when i want to give in and i say god i can't go another day i can't take it another day lord if i i just quit i don't i can't do this no more i can't get up no more and something in me just rise up anyway it just says you got to keep going you cannot stop because this is the call this is what the call requires this is why you got to stay you got to cleave to the lord you got to know that you know because the enemy gonna come and the stronger you become the more the enemy come the more you begin to walk in your purpose the enemy is going to come he's going to use your children he's going to use your parents he's going to use your family he's going to cause you to get fired from your job he's going to tell your landlord to put you out and because you don't want to buy their house and you and your kids got nowhere to go he's going to tell your siblings who not saved to kick you out of your father's house and put you and your your children out and then you gotta go stay at a hotel he's gonna do that 
He going to do that. Because that's his job. To steal, kill, and destroy. That is his job. That is what he's called to do. He's going to do that. So, yes, I understand, Brock Hodro. I do. If don't nobody else understand on this live or period, I understand because I'm living it. It sounds good because I can get on here and I can minister the word of God. That is only because that's what's in me. Because when you're under pressure, what's in you going to come out is what's going to come out. And that don't mean that I don't have my moments where unbelief sets in and doubt sets seeing because it do it don't mean i don't have moments of weariness and and i'm just so tired and exhausted that i feel like i can't go on because i have those days often but what other choice do i have i don't have no plan b god is the god is it jesus is it i don't have no other alternatives i don't have nothing else but christ and if if it ain't christ then it's nothing if God don't come through from, from my situation, then nothing's going to happen. Because I'm not about to go out here and lie, get steal, kill. I'm not going to sacrifice my integrity. So what else do I got but him? He got to come through for me. Because that's what the word says. So you, we got to just, even like David said, we got to encourage ourselves. And it's not easy. And, and some days I don't feel like praying. Some days I don't feel like reading the word. And that is okay. God understands, but I don't make it a habit. I don't let it, I don't let it be, you know, over a long period of time. But sometimes I just, I just don't have nothing. I don't know what to pray. It's like you done prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And then sometimes you get to a point where you're like, I don't even know what to pray. But that's why Holy Spirit makes he advocates for us with moanings and groanings and utterances that cannot be understood because we don't know what to pray for as we are. And so you just got to believe and you just got to keep trusting. And is it hard? Yes. I it, <laughs> Hard ain't even the word. That's an understatement. It certainly is. And this is why it cannot be by your flesh. It has to be by the spirit of God that you're able to endure to the end. And the season, every season has an expiration date, right? And do we want our expiration date to be sooner? Absolutely. Do we want our expiration date to be today? Our season of suffering to be over today? Sure. But the Lord, for he knows the plans. Amen. He knows the plans he has for you. He knows the plans he has for me. It's for a hope and a future. It's not for destruction. Anything that is going to destroy is from the enemy. It's not of God. And so you just have to know that you know that God is going to come through in due season. Be not weary in well-doing. You will reap if you faint not. You will reap if you faint. It's more stories of people that I've heard, even in this season that I've been in, of other people who have these major platforms and have this high anointing and, you know, the Lord is using in major ways. And believe it or not, and I was surprised, a lot of them have the same type of testimony. A lot of them had experiences of homelessness, lost jobs, lost everything, was sleeping, going from house to house, sleeping on floors, sleeping in the cars, whatever the case may be, had to ration out their food, didn't have enough, didn't have no money. You're not, you're not alone. It feels like it, but you're not. Sometimes this is just what God allows and it is what he uses to build us. 
Amen. And so just trust him. Even when you feel like you can't and it's hard when the enemy is throwing everything he can at you to try to get you to let up. Do not give in to the enemy. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to give up. He wants you to think God ain't going to never come through. He wants you to think, you know, that you're not going to better make it. He wants you to think that, you know, that if, 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 you know, your family come against you and every, that everybody is against you. That is not so. There are more for you than against you. That's what the Bible says. Don't give up. Say, if you can't do nothing but play worship music and let it minister to you, to strengthen you. If you can listen to a, a sermon, if you can call, if you have some people in your life, maybe a brother, a sister, accountability partner, somebody that can help hold you up. Moses needed an Aaron and an Ur. He got to a point where he was tired. Excuse this motorcycle. Where he was tired of holding up that staff. But as long as he held that staff up, there was victory. And the moment his arm began to come down, they begin to be overtaken by their enemies. So sometimes you got to find that person who is able to hold you up in faith. They're able to speak life over you. They're able to pray with you. They're able to cover you, right? They're able to encourage you. You have to lean on what you got. You may not have everything you want. You may not have those relationships in your family, but lean on those God-given relationships that you have. They are just as as valuable, just as, you know, they're, they're just as much as your family because you are adopted into the family of the kingdom of heaven. We are all family. So please don't be discouraged. Be encouraged because God had me get on today. Maybe I was supposed to get on today because really I was, I was scheduled to be on yesterday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I couldn't because I had some other things come up. And then today I was just considering what time was I going to get on because I was still in the mood because I had a rough day yesterday. You know, I had some, you know, things said to me yesterday, very hurtful. It really affected me. It really wounded me. And I just had a hard time last night and I just was crying all night and crying out to God. And just, you know, I just was experiencing so much and I just didn't know if I really wanted to get on today, to be honest. But maybe God had me get on because he needed to have an appointment with you. And this is why staying faithful to the assignment is so important because you never know who is needing what God has put in you. You never know who God is wanting to have an encounter with through you. So maybe the Lord waited until this time because you were able to get on. Wherever you are in the world, whatever time zone you're in, I do not know. But God strategically orchestrated this time for us to be able to be together so you can hear this because you're experiencing some of the similar things I am. I am able to speak from a place of empathy, from a place of relatability, of place of understanding, not of what I heard, of what I know because I too am living it. But in the same way that God continues to give me, his mercies are new every morning. The same way that he continues to give me strength to make it to another day. If it's just day by day, that he'll do that for you. In the same way the Lord sends people, just put me on people's heart to bless me. He'll bless you. He'll send people to speak into your life. He'll send people to give you an opportunity. You, you, he will begin, to, you will see the supernatural if you just believe. The Bible says all things are possible for those who believe. If you just stay in faith, no matter how 
hard it may be if you just stay and keep reminding god of his word find scriptures uh that really put god in remembrance of what he said and just keep going before him he says in the word of god it says to put him in remembrance give him no rest you got to be like that persistent woman who kept going before that judge who wasn't even a Christ follower. He was a pagan judge and he gave her what she wanted just because she was so persistent to keep coming and coming and coming and pleading her case before him. He eventually said, just give it to her. But we we serve a God who is gracious and compassionate and loving and he desires to give it to him. But sometimes we have to be persistent. So get some scriptures and go to the Lord in prayer and remind him of his word because it's his word that we're, don't return to him void. And then watch and see what he do because he can't let his word be empty. He got to watch his word to perform it. He put his word above his name and you will see God move for you right and so be encouraged i'm so grateful that god is really speaking to you because that's for you be encouraged and know that god he's you're not forgotten you're not forgotten it may feel like it it may look like it but you are not forgotten god will never leave you nor forsake you he is always there and you have to know that the enemy is going to try to tooth and nail to come and try to make you believe that god has abandoned you but the devil is a liar the devil is a liar if god before you who can be against you he is for you and so god wants you to just stay in faith stay the course don't give up don't give the enemy what he wants the enemy wants you to just to to just get so tired that you say forget it and you you don't know you're probably closer to your blessing than you think because the when the enemy begins to ramp up his attacks when he begins to really start really coming against you it's normally a sign that you are closer to the blessing than you think. So take that back to the Lord and allow the Lord to, you know, confirm that to you and give you more um, uh, confirmation um, of that. But I, in my experience, the what what the Lord is doing in your life is right there and the enemy can see that or he sensed that. And what he'll try to do is to get you out of position so you miss it because he can't stop it but he can try to get you out of position so you miss it so when you st when things and people start coming at you out from all sides when it seemed like you know all kind of just manners of just craziness is starting to um just and chaos is starting to break out in your life you need to seek god you need to stand firm you need to be steadfast unyielding always uh immovable always abounding in the work of the lord because that means a lot of times, not maybe 100% of the time, but a lot of times that is a indicator that God is in your neighborhood, that you are closer to your blessing than you think. And discouragement and doubt will, they are destiny killers. Discouragement, doubt, um, you know, unbelief, they're destiny killers. And so you just have to muster up, even if it's faith the size of a mustard seed. Stay in faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you will see it. You will see God move in your life. You will see the miraculous. You will see the signs and wonders. You will see the power of God like never before if you stay in faith. And so 
Woo! That the Holy Spirit. I, I knew the Holy Spirit. I knew Holy Spirit was going to just really show up. I knew it. I started to feel him in the beginning. I knew this is something that he really wanted to speak to whomever it's for, right? It's for me too. But God really is wanting us to stay in faith and be encouraged and remain humble and to remain at his feet and to seek him in all things. And no matter where he takes us, no matter where you, you know, get promoted to or where he exalts you, that you just have to cleave to him and stay close to him and continue to reverence and honor him and not allow yourself to get, you know, to, to forget him. Amen. And so I'm so excited for what God is doing. I thank God for just really speaking to, through me and Holy Spirit for just using me um, to be a vessel to speak and minister to his people. I don't take it lightly. I am so humbled and I'm so grateful that God will use a wretch like me because guess what? I ain't perfect. I have a past. I have a nasty, dirty past. I used to be something before I came to Christ, but the blood. Amen. And so I just pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. I pray that the Lord will make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and grant you.